You're listening to a podcast from Gateway Baptist Church, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. If you'd like to join us or find out more, visit gatewaybaptist.com.au. This is Christmas again. As Susan said, it's rolled around for another year. I realized I uh, preached my first Christmas message in 1994. And in 1994, nearly 30 years ago, the story was much the same. I mean, Joseph was uh, thinking about divorcing his fiancée because she was pregnant and he knew that uh, he wasn't the dad. And then an angel turned up and gave him a different idea, changed his mind, but he didn't plan his journey very well to Bethlehem and there was no room for them in the inn, and so poor old Mary had to give birth in a barn surrounded by animals, and she laid her baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths, and there's sheep and there's cows uh, hanging around, but it seemed like there wasn't enough animals in the room. Uh, So some angels turned up to some shepherds out in the fields who were watching their flocks by night and uh, scared the life out of them, and they got invited to come and uh, see this new baby uh, Jesus. They brought a bunch of sheep with them, but there still wasn't enough animals and so some wise men followed a star you know from the from the east and they turned up with some camels and they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh and they bowed down to a newborn king the story hasn't changed much in 30 years i'm telling you some prayers for the pastors this christmas it's not easy coming up with a new message about the same story And some of you here in this room, you've heard that story in church for 30, 40, 50, some even 60 years. You celebrated a lot of Christmases. That's a lot of furry shepherds and frankincense and myrrh. And it's really easy if we're not careful to become so familiar with the Christmas story that we lose the wonder of Christmas. I want to encourage us, and my prayer for us this year is that we would not lose the wonder of Christmas. Because when we lose the wonder of Christmas, then, you know, this season really just becomes an annual boost to the economy or an an expensive holiday on the beach. And even in church, Christmas just can become religious nostalgia without having a personal encounter with the star of the story, without having a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, born of a virgin in a manger, God of all creation, put on flesh and became one of us. My prayer for us as a church this Christmas is that we might once again stand in awe and wonder at the the simplicity of the Christmas message, at the supremacy of Jesus, of the mystery of Jesus, of the finality of Jesus, and of the steadfast love that Jesus has for every one of us. May may we stand in awe of the star of Christmas. Our uh, series this Christmas is simply called Wonder. And I pray that we would see again 
that we would experience again the wonder of Christmas. Now, when we're talking about wonder, a good, a good place to start is in John's Gospel. You know, in Matthew's Gospel, it actually starts tracing Jesus' life all the way back to Abraham to help us to see that uh, Jesus, this baby born in, in a manger, was actually the fulfillment of prophecy to the people of Israel from long ago. God is fulfilling his promises. In Mark's gospel, it actually starts with a prophecy uh, from Isaiah of John the Baptist who would come and point the way to the Messiah to help us to understand that Jesus is in fact the long-awaited Messiah. You know, Luke's gospel, Luke the historian starts his gospel by helping us to, to date this moment in history. He tells us the name of the Jewish high priest and the name of the Roman emperors. As a historian, he wants us to know that Jesus was, who did all these miraculous things, was a real man in history. But John, John takes us all the way back to the beginning of creation takes us back to the myths of creation. He starts his gospel in the same way that the Old Testament you know, starts, the very beginning of the story of God and people. In Genesis 1, it says, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in John's gospel, it says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. He was with God in the beginning. He was God in the beginning. He, he made all things. Nothing, you know, that we can see in this created world was made without him. You see, what John wants us to understand very, very clearly is that Jesus is not some afterthought, you know, after God had created the world and, and mankind chose to, to sin and all of humanity is heading to hell in a handbasket and Jesus was some nice afterthought to solve the problem. John's saying that's not true. He's making it really clear to us and particularly to the people of Israel, you know, that Jesus is not some second-rate God with limited power compared to the one true God of Israel. He wants to make it very clear, you know, as good a teacher as Jesus is, Jesus is not just a moral teacher. As many miracles as he's did, Jesus is not just a miracle worker. As many prophecies as he fulfilled, Jesus is not just an amazing prophet. But John wants us to understand that Jesus was and he is and he always will be the eternal God of the universe. He was God in the beginning, he's God today, and he will always be God for all of eternity. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos. And we see here that the, the word, the, the, the logos, Jesus didn't play a passive role in creation. He wasn't just, you know, standing there looking on as a bystander as God the Father created the world. 
But, but God, that Jesus was an active part in creation. We see here in these first verse of, of John, you know, we, we see the mystery of the Trinity. We, we see that, you know, Jesus was in the beginning. He, he is eternal and he was with God. And so Jesus is distinct from the Father, but then he says Jesus was God. So he is eternal, he's distinct from the Father, but he was in very nature God. And we see in, in creation the Trinity at work together, creating through the Word, through, 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 the, through Jesus, the world is created, and through the Spirit that breathes life into all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the eternal triune God, at work in creation, creating this world for all people to enjoy. Jesus was an active part of creation. He was the Logos. He was the Word. God said, let there be light. He spoke a word and there was light. You see, Jesus is eternal. But the, the word of Jesus is powerful. From him, all things were made. And it's one of the ways that we stand in wonder of the creator. One of the ways we stand in wonder of Jesus is that we look at his creation. You read uh, Psalm 8, it says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? human beings that you care for them. I wonder this Christmas, when is the last time you did what the psalmist said? When's the last time you considered the heavens? You see, the first listeners in the ancient world, they had very limited options, very limited distractions when it got dark. You could talk in the dark. You could play murder in the dark. You could make babies in the dark. You could play shadow puppets by candlelight. Or you could go outside and you could look up at the lights in the sky and you could consider the heavens. They were kind of your options once it got dark in the ancient world. We don't live in the ancient world anymore. We've got all sorts of little lights that distract us from looking up to the God who made the heavenly lights. We've got distractions that sit in our pockets that we turn to for entertainment and for wonder. We've got, you know, boxes hanging on our wall, little lights that are just shining at us all the time, keeping us entertained and giving us some temporary comfort. Every night when the sky goes dark, I, I wonder if some of us have gotten so distracted. And it's easy as we get tired and it gets this busiest time of year just to go home, flop on the couch and uh, turn on the lights. I, I wonder if some of us this Christmas, we actually need to put aside at the distraction of little lights and we need to go outside 
and we need to climb on our trampoline. And just look up and consider the heavens. It's very hard to find a trampoline these days that doesn't have a six-meter safety fence around it. But I'm starting to wish I had a six-meter safety fence right now. I'm pretty sure I was 10 years and 10 kilos lighter last time I got on a trampoline. But I want to encourage you this Christmas. Go outside, lay on your trampoline, lay on your lawn, whatever you've got to do. But just look up in wonder. Consider this. Right, Psalmist says, consider the heavens. Consider this, that God created 350 billion galaxies and still counting. They're still finding new ones all the time. The generations past never knew existed. And maybe just consider this Christmas, that whatever you know about God right now, there's more to know. There's more for you to discover. He's got, he's got new revelations, you know, of his greatness, of his majesty, of his love, of his grace. Though, when you stop and be still and consider who God is and what he's done, it'll leave you in wonder. You know, you might have to do this one during the day, but Maybe go out at some stage and just consider the fact, or when you're looking up at the stars, consider that they are finding stars in the sky that are a thousand times bigger than the sun, a thousand times bigger. And they're finding bigger ones all the time. And maybe consider this, God is bigger than you think. However big you think God is right now, God is bigger than you think. Maybe go outside at night and full moon, just have a look up at the moon and consider the fact that this moon has such a strong gravitational pull on earth that it makes tides go in and out on all of our oceans every day. You can see it happening. It's got such a strong gravitational pull. And consider this. No matter how hard you try to push God away, maybe he wants you to look up at the heavens to see that he's there, to see his invisible qualities and to know that he's drawing you to himself every day and every night. That's what God's like. This Christmas, don't lose the wonder. Go outside at night, put aside your distractions and look up. Oh, it doesn't like me doing that. Look up <laughs> in wonder of the world that Jesus has made and worship him. Just look up and worship. Wonder at the world that Jesus has made. I tell you, it's a long way down. And wonder at the word that Jesus speaks. You know, Jesus here is described as the Logos 
It's, it's a Greek word that means, come on, say it with me, it's a Greek word that means word. Pretty simple, if you want to learn any Greek word, it's a good word to learn, because it simply means word. Now, to speak, to reveal, to communicate, to express the Logos, Jesus was the Logos, he is the Logos, he'll always be the Logos. This is really, really important. You know, a logo, we get the word logo from the word Logos. And why do companies use a logo? Because they want to be hidden? Because they don't want people to know who they are and what they do? No, we, they create a logo because they want to be known. They want to be recognized. They want people to know something uh, about them. Come on, these, they're pretty good at making logos and being recognized. Whose is this logo? Just shout it out. If you're online, type it in the chat. What logo is this? Apple. You know, they, they want us to know that they create products that will control and track every moment of our lives. You know, this next one? What logo is it? Netflix. They want us to know that you can waste hours of your life looking at meaningless programs or simply searching for a meaningless program. This next one's very clever logo. McDonald's. It's become known and they've convinced the world that a red-headed clown is actually a chef who makes high-quality food that's nutritious for our bodies. You know, they want, they want to be known, right, throughout the world for what they do. One last one. Newer one on the block. What's this one? Tesla, starting to show up everywhere. It's going to take us to the moon, or at least it's the most tax-deductible car known to man. But these companies, they want to be known. They, they, they want to be recognized. And this is part of what John is helping us to understand here. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was a God who wants to be known. In the beginning was a God who wants to be recognized. He's a God who's not tried to hide himself, but he wants us to know who he is. And he's revealed himself. He has spoken. He's communicated in a new way through his Son. Hebrews 1 verse 3 it says the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation, the exact logo, you know, of his being. is communicating exactly who God is. He sustains all things through the power of his word. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father after providing purification for our sins. Jesus is speaking. He's communicating. You want to know what God looks like? Look at the word that teaches us who God is. You see, logos is really important in the, in the Greek thinking, the Greek philosophy of the time. It's where we get the word, you know, ology from. So cosmology is the study of, it's the meaning of. It means the meaning of the existence behind. So cosmology is the, the meaning of, the existence behind, or the study you know, of the stars. Psychology is the study or the understanding of the psyche or the mind. Theology is the, the study of or the understanding of, of theos, of God. 
In Greek uh, culture, their gods were distant. They did not communicate to uh, mere mortals and they could not be known. But John is saying something very, very different here. He's saying, in the beginning was the word, the logos. It's a God right from the beginning who's wanted to be known. He's revealed himself in a new way in human flesh, but right from the very beginning, he's always wanted to be known. You see, Jesus didn't just turn up in Matthew. He didn't just turn up in the first chapter in the genealogy of of the New Testament. This whole word is a living word. John goes on in verse 4 to say, in Jesus, in, in the word is light and life for all mankind, for all people. You know, the word is actually shining a light the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being. Is shine, Jesus is shining a light on who God is. He's the living word that gives light and life. This whole book points to Jesus. You know, in Genesis, he's our creator. In Exodus, he's our redeemer. In Leviticus, he's your holiness. In Numbers, He's your guide. In Deuteronomy, he's your teacher. In Joshua, he is a mighty conqueror. In Judges, he is a righteous judge. In Ruth, he's your kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's a powerful prophet. In First and Second Kings, he's the reigning king. In First and Second Chronicles, he's our intercessor and our high priest. In Ezra, he is the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and broken lives. In Esther, he stands in the gap. In Job, he understands your pain. In the Psalms, he's your reason to sing. In the Proverbs, he is your your wisdom for life. In Ecclesiastes, he's your purpose and your satisfaction. In Song of Songs, he's the lover of your soul. In Isaiah, he's a mighty counselor, a prince of peace, everlasting father, wonderful counselor. In Jeremiah, he is your comfort in times of suffering. In Lamentations, he's the ever faithful one on whom you can depend. In Ezekiel, he's the son of man. In Daniel, he's the ancient of days. In Hosea, he's your faithful lover. In Joel, he's your refuge. In Amos, he bears your burdens. In Obadiah, he's your mighty saviour. In Jonah, he is your avenger. In Micah, he is our peace. In Nahum, he is your avenger. In Habakkuk, he's the holy one. In Zephaniah, he is mighty to save. In Haggai, he's the Lord of hosts. In Zechariah, he is the crucified son. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. In Mark, he's the faithful servant. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he is the eternal son of God. In Acts, he's the risen Lord and the saviour of the world. In Romans, he's your justifier. In 1 Corinthians, he is your righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, he's the triumphant one. In Galatians, he sets you free. In Ephesians, he's the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he's your completeness. In 1 Thessalonians, he is your hope. In 2 Thessalonians, he's 
is your glory. In 1 Timothy, is your mediator. In 2 Timothy, is your master. In Titus, he is our blessed hope. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Hebrews, he's your great high priest. In James, he's our judge. In Peter, he's our, our example. In 2 Peter, he's our purity. In 1 John, he's your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he's your truth. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. In Revelation, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I hear an amen this morning? The whole book. The whole book points to him. It's all about him. He is the pivotal moment in all of history in coming to the world born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, and rose from the dead on the third day. Of his kingdom and his power, there will be no end. And right now today, just like always, he is your light and your life. One day, if you've got faith in him, you'll see him face to face. But right now, he's given us his living word. Light and life for all people so we can recognize him, so we can know him, so we can hear him communicating to us. I want to encourage you this Christmas. Wonder again at the word that Jesus speaks. If you're not sure where to start reading the Bible, if you start today and read to Christmas Day, the book of John, just one chapter a day, you'll read the whole book between now and Christmas. Just a chapter a day. I just want to encourage you, just pick, pick it up, start in John 1. I've read just a few of these verses today. Pick it up and let God speak to you because he wants to be known. And when you look at Jesus, you see the exact representation of God, the radiance of his glory. I really encourage you, pick it up this Christmas. Let it be light and life for you. Stand in wonder at the word that Jesus speaks. And lastly, wonder at the privilege of being a witness for Jesus by our words and by our works. Let me just read a couple more verses. It says, there was a man from God whose name was John. You can put your own, John had a particular calling, but you can actually put your own name in here, okay? There was, there was a man named Jason, or there was a, a lady named Susan. Put your own name in here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
Now, John the Baptist was prophesied as this, uh, this last prophet that would come and point the way uh, to the Messiah. And John the Baptist was faithful to be a witness, and he had a particular role in witnessing to Jesus. He wasn't the light. He was pointing to the light of the world. But not everyone believed his message. Many recognized, many, sorry, did not recognize the light of the world, and they rejected him. But for those who did believe in the name of Jesus, were given the right to become children of God. And that's still true for us today. God, when we put our faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven and he, he comes and lives within us by his Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and brings, gives us new life and new relationship every day. It's a privilege. You see, just like John, you'll get rejected by some. Just like Jesus, you'll get rejected by some. Some won't recognize the light. But some will, and some will have their lives changed forever because of your witness, because you pointed people to the light of the world. Can I encourage us this Christmas? Do not lose the wonder of the privilege of being a witness to the light of the world by your works and by your words. As we've already said, we've got an incredible opportunity to be a witness to, to the, the light of the world in Kitkem, Uganda this Christmas. I really want to encourage you, give, give generously. We're shining a light on who Jesus is because when you read the Gospels, everywhere Jesus went, he, he healed the sick. He, 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 gave, he had compassion for the poor and he reached out and he was moved to action. And that's what I love about Andrew and Andrew's story. The compassion in their heart moves them to action. And we get to be part of it. We capture just a little bit of the compassion of God as we hear these stories and we move to action. And we actually get to be a witness for who Jesus is in a part of the world that desperately needs the hope and the healing of Jesus. So one of the things you can do this Christmas is pick up one of those giving cards and be part of uh, giving this gift. But you can also... Be a witness through your words. And sometimes it can be just the simple words of an invitation. And so I really want to encourage you to pick up this invitation. Pick up our little carols, our little carols cards up there, the stuff you can send online, and just invite someone to come and sit and hear the story of Jesus, the light of the world, this Christmas. Some will reject you. And some will reject Jesus, but some won't. And some will have their lives changed forever. What an incredible privilege. I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. I carry my grandfather's baptism certificate with me everywhere I go, or wherever I preach. It sits in my Bible. It's a constant reminder to me. I, I don't want to lose the privilege of being a witness to Jesus. Because in 1952, when my grandfather didn't know Jesus and never been to church, he had a neighbor that kept inviting him to church. It wasn't the carols, it was the 6th of July, it was right in the middle of the year, it was bitterly cold in Sydney. My grandfather rejected him time and time again. 
until one day his neighbour walked into his backyard and said, I've just bought a car, and my grandfather had never owned a car in 1952. He said, if you come to church with me tonight, I'll let you drive my car. My grandfather changed his mind. And he went to church, a little church in Epping, New South Wales, on the 6th of July, 1952. And I've got his baptism certificate because he got baptised the same day you put your faith in Jesus back in those days in those churches. And it says, I confess my faith in him, was buried with Christ in baptism, the Lord's Day, July the 6th, 1952. Frank Ellsmore, a sinner saved by grace. Till the day he died, he told me he never before in his life had thought that he was a sinner and needed a saviour until that moment. Transformed his life. That simple invitation didn't just transform his life. My grandfather died over 20 years ago, but my grandmother died in 2020 at the age of 99. And we had to fight over who was going to lead her funeral because seven of us are full-time pastors in the church somewhere in Australia. Four generations, every single one of us is part of a local church somewhere in Australia following Jesus because of a simple invitation. I never want to lose the wonder. It's transformed our family for 70 years. Simple invitation. I want to encourage you this Christmas. Don't lose the wonder, the privilege of being a witness to the light of the world through your works and through your words. My prayer this Christmas is that all of us will be filled with wonder at the joy of knowing Jesus. You know, I don't know whether I should jump on this thing or not. Oh, Oh, man, this is, I am old. But some of you can remember. Who can remember the first time you jumped on a trampoline? Just the exhilaration of, of jumping on a trampoline. Remember the exhilaration of catching your first wave? Oh, just the incredible joy that first time you heard a symphony in the park or you ate ice-cold prawns at Christmas for lunch. Yeah, remember, you know, the, the, the first time you had a banana paddle pop on the beach. I do. Problem is we get familiar. We get familiar once we kind of have that experience over and over again. We lose some of the exhilaration and the joy. I've got no joy up here right now. It's just terrifying. I hope I'm making the point. Don't get so familiar with the one who fashioned the world with his hands, yet would come and clothe himself in human flesh and become one of us. Don't get so familiar, you know, with the story of the one who cast stars into orbit, yet would enter into our orbit and cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. This Christmas, stand in awe and wonder of the one who knew no sin, but became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. I hope 
God will fill your heart with wonder again this Christmas. It'll be like hearing the story for the first time all over again. Can I get us to stand this morning? We're going to respond in worship. We're going to worship the King. We're going to worship the one who came to save us. We're going to worship the eternal one. We're going to worship the one who in the beginning was speaking to us because he loves us. We're going to worship the one who is worthy of all of our worship. Lift your arms. Come on. Lift your voice. Give him glory.
hearts with wonder. God, fill our hearts with worship. May we, in this season, just stand in awe of who you are and what you've done for us. And would you fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit to be your witnesses through our words and through our works. That we would point people to you, Jesus. The light of the world. The one who gives life to all mankind. Hey, just while everyone's eyes are closed and heads bowed for a minute, I just want to give you an opportunity if you're here this morning and, and maybe this morning you've realized you're a sinner and you need a saviour. You might be here in the room, you might be uh, online. Maybe it's the first time you've really recognized that, you know, the message of the Bible is not just about doing a whole bunch of good things to earn your way to God, but it's actually about God coming to earth to save us and to forgive our sins when we could never be good enough. This is a message for every single person online or in the room. And I want to to give you an opportunity today to put your faith in Jesus. Say, I don't want to live in sin anymore. I actually want to live in the light and the life of God. I want to put my faith in Jesus, Lord and Savior. Just go see everyone close your eyes, bow your heads just for a minute. And if that's you, you want to pray a simple prayer with me, but a life-changing prayer of putting your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I just encourage you right now, just to stick your hand up in the air just for a minute, just so I know who I'm leading in this prayer. Just stick it up. Bless you. That's cool. Who else this morning? Just say, that's, that's my prayer. Bless you. If you're online, you can just hit that button. Just saying, that's, uh, that's you this morning. Anybody else this morning? Just saying, that's me. I'm praying that prayer. That's awesome. Can I just invite you guys, you can put your hands down just to pray pray with me today. Father God, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. I ask today that you would forgive me of my sin. And I choose today to follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, come on, just put your hands together this morning, just for those that are here and those that are online. I'm going to invite our prayer team, our pastoral team to come down the front uh, right now. They're here. If you if you prayed that prayer today and you just want someone, you need to talk to someone about that, please come and do that. These people are here. They'd love to uh, to pray with you. They'd love to uh, help you get started in that journey. But if you want prayer about anything at all, all right, anything going on, this I know some of you got big stuff going on in your families, big stuff just going on, uh, decisions for the future. You just want someone to pray with you. This team are down here. They'd love to uh, pray with you this morning. Just uh, just come and receive prayer. Hey, I wonder, can we just sing that chorus one more time? Come on, let's just lift him up in this place.
We hope that you've been blessed by this message. We're a growing family, and if you'd like to discover more about where we meet in all our locations and online, visit gatewaybaptist.com.au.